Take your Bibles this morning, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Let me go ahead and ask you to stand this morning as we're in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. We'll get two verses that are very familiar that I have rehearsed numbers of times from this pulpit before, but a principle here that I think uh, has direct bearing on the, the holiday that is rooted really, I, I believe, in a Christian principle and thought. The Apostle Paul speaking in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 14, he says, Behold, the third time I am ready to come to you, and I will not be burdensome to you, for I seek not yours. Now, what he's saying there is, I, I don't seek what you have. That's not what my ministry is about. I'm, I'm not here to see what I can get from you, but rather I seek you. For the children ought not to lay up for the parents, but the parents for the children. And I will very gladly spend and be spent for you, though the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. Our Holy Father, we thank you for the day. And Lord, thank you for the music today. Lord, not, not, Lord for the, the words that we sang, for the way they were sung today, for the heart from which, Lord, they sprung forth. I, Lord, I pray that that time of service is never wrote, but Lord, something that we endeavor to give to you. Uh, Lord, from our heart to yours, our worship. And Lord, now as we look into your word, we, we, we still want to be attentive to you, but we need help. And we, and we want to, uh, to identify the principle and the truth that you have for us to practice in our heart. Because Lord, we know in so doing that honors you. And we want to do that today as we do every Sunday. So I pray for your Holy Spirit's help with that. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for standing. Memorial Day which is also known as Decoration Day. Um, I, I think that was actually probably the earlier designation of this holiday as there are individuals who are trying to honor those who had fallen in battle and did so by placing decorations and or flowers at their graves. Today's a day where we remember, that's a key word, those who have died and sacrificed, who have given up much for our nation's service. Memorial Day was officially proclaimed on May 5th, 1868 by General John Logan, the national commander of the Grand Army of what was called then the Republic. It was first observed May 30th, 1868, when flowers were placed on the graves of both Union and Confederate soldiers at Arlington National Cemetery. Every year since then, formal services are held that honor those who have sacrificed to give us what we call freedom, or the ability to live in this nation as we do uh, with the blessings and the freedoms that we enjoy. And while we may do a number of other things during this holiday, and certainly we intend to as a family, um, we got together with our family last night at Anna's and Blaine's house, and we will gather again tomorrow at our house, and we will enjoy that time. I believe that today or tomorrow there is a time that is asked by our country, I think at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, probably tomorrow, to have a minute of silent observance to remember that the very festivities that we are enjoying and engaging in at that moment are really partially provided for, of course, by the sovereignty of God first, but also by people who are willing to sacrifice to give us these kinds of days and liberties. And it would be good and right to remember that with that moment. A lot of holidays we have 
are, are kind of fun and festive. I wouldn't suggest that all of them are rooted in biblical ideas, but I, I think this one, in terms of remembering, is something that has a biblical precept attached to it, that it's good and it's right. It's fitting that we remember sacrifice, that we recognize the liberties that we currently enjoy came at somebody else's expense. There's this great lesson in life that forgetting is a first step to forfeiting. I want you to think about that. Forgetting is the first step in forfeiting. When we forget that what we have wasn't just magically created, as I say for this public so many times, never forget that good people make good things happen. That a service like this behind it, you know, there, there's, there's planning, there's effort, there was singing, there was practice, there's preparation. There's a lot that went into today. And the same truth, it goes really into every day of our lives. The, the jobs we have, the place we live, the country we live in, there is a pretext to that. There is a story that has come before that. There, there, there was those who sacrificed and gave themselves in a great way so we could enjoy today's services. To, to, to enjoy the time we'll to have together as a family. And, and to forget that is to forfeit it in time. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 15, the Apostle Paul, who wrote these words, of all people understood sacrifices. As we just stood in the book of Acts, as Lord Jesus Christ, you said, I, I'm going to make sure that you understand you know, what great suffering is involved in serving me. Paul understood sacrifice. He knew it was the price that had to be paid for other people to be helped. We, we just can't wish people to be in a better position. No, people improve their lot in life. Things happen because people, good people, grace-filled people, people who love God, make them happen. And sometimes the sacrifices to help others may be small. That's why we'd encourage these. Maybe take time to write a note, to lend a helping hand. To gain some kind of encouragement to another would, would be a small sacrifice that would truly be beneficial to somebody else. But sometimes a sacrifice to help others is great. It, it comes maybe in a, last, a lifetime of sacrifice. Maybe giving all that we have, spending our life as the Apostle Paul did. I will very gladly spend and be spent for you or even yielding our life altogether for some great cause or purpose. You know, you and I understand and we know intellectually and theologically that love is seeking and securing other people's highest good. And that's what we have been called to as Christians. Jesus himself said that there was no greater love, no greater gift, no other sacrifice than for one man to lay down his life for another man. Abraham Lincoln, our 16th and perhaps our greatest president, Acknowledge the importance of sacrifice and also the importance of recognizing and remembering that sacrifice in his, of course, famous Gettysburg Address. I have probably read this a dozen times, and I offer no apology for reading it the 13th time today, because the principle here, I think, is biblical and, and worth hearing. He said, four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation, Conceived in liberty and dedicated to the, preposition, to the proposition that all men are created equal. Now, we are engaged in a great civil war testing whether that nation or any nation so conceived and so dedicated can long endure. It was not in his mind that America may last forever. He knew that America lasting forever would be dependent on the kind of people who inhabited it. And he said, we are met on a great battlefield of that war. 
And we have come to dedicate a portion of that field as a final resting place for those who have those here who gave their lives that a nation might live. It is altogether fitting and proper that we should do this, but in a larger sense, we cannot dedicate, we cannot consecrate, we cannot hallow this ground. The brave men living and dead who struggled here have consecrated it far above our poor power to add or detract. The world will little note nor long remember, my words sadly, what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. It is for us, the living, rather to be dedicated here to the unfinished work which they who fought here have thus far so nobly advanced. It is rather for us to be here dedicated to the great task remaining before us that from these honored dead we take increased devotion to that cause for which they gave their last full measure of devotion that we here highly resolve that these dead shall have not died in vain. And I'm getting ahead of myself, but we make sure that doesn't happen by remembering them and then rehearsing what they did to another generation and practicing those things ourselves. As I read these words, a number of thoughts spring to my mind. The first one, this, is that privileges come at a price. That there are people who gave their lives that a nation might live, this nation, the one that we live in. And that principle goes beyond the context of Memorial Day, but that is true in every area of life, that any privilege, any position, any standing that you enjoy, you are most likely standing on the shoulders of other people's efforts. You just never been lost on me. And I've, I've been here decently now a long time, almost 30 years. But I, I am still mindful this day that when I walked in this door, there was already a choir. There were already pews. There was already a building. Someone who's already penalized. Whatever I ever benefited from Eastland, somebody else sacrificed that my family could benefit from. That's true of my life as an individual. Uh, I, I get my genetics from parents. I, I had teachers who trained me. I had people who invested in my life. I had a pastor, Dave Hardy, who, who invested in me in, in a singular, unique way. I had a professor, David Ivan, John Ivan Lures, who helped me. I had a youth pastor who was a great help to me. Uh, parents who loved me. The point is this. If I enjoy any favorable status in life today, I am standing on other people's efforts. The privileges I enjoy came mostly from other people's sacrifices. That's the what Paul is saying here. That's what Paul is trying to articulate in the text. We, we need to remember, I, and he says sadly, I not always remember, but I, I gave my life, I spent for you so you could be in a better spiritual position. This is what moms and dads do for kids every day. This is what teachers do for the pupils and students before them. This is what soldiers have done historically for our country. Giving, serving, sacrificing so other people can stand in a higher, more elevated position in life. Let me just say this, recognizing and remembering what others have done for us is incredibly important. It's important that children honor their moms and dads by perceiving they probably owe them a thank you. It's important 
that students understand that minus the instruction, they wouldn't know. It's important that a church understands that many people, pastors and staff and lay people together, sacrifice work jobs like everybody else and then sacrifice to add a, an additional benefit to your life on a Sunday. And it is important that a nation recognize and remember that men and women have given their last full measure devotion for your current standing today. Rudyard Kipling reminds us that forgetting is a travesty. It's a danger. He wrote a title entitled The Recessional. Let me read part of that this morning. He says, God of our fathers known of old, Lord of our far-flung battle line, beneath whose awful hand we hold dominion over palm and pine. Lord God of hosts, be with us yet, and here's the refrain, lest we forget, lest we forget. The tumult and the shouting dies, the captains and the kings depart, still stands thine ancient sacrifice and humble and a contrite heart. Lord, of, Lord God of hosts, be with us yet, lest we forget, lest we forget. Far called, our navies melt away, on dune and headlands sink the fire. Lo, all our pomp of yesterday is one with Nineveh and Tyre. Judge of the nation, spirit yet, lest we forget, lest we forget. This is, this is where we could be. If drunk with sight of power, we lose, while tongues that have not thee in awe, such boasting as the Gentiles use, or lesser breeds without the law, Lord of God of hosts, be with us yet, lest we forget, lest we forget. For heathen heart that puts her trust in reeking tube and iron shard, weapons, all valiant dust that builds on dust and guarding calls not thee to guard, we take him for granted. For franting boast and foolish word, thy mercy on thy people, Lord lest we forget. I fear we may live in such a time where we're not mindful of the Lord's mercies. In the book of Deuteronomy, God looked at His children and said, hey, I want to make you the head, not the tail. I want you to be, you know, the lender, not the borrower. And He says, if you follow me, I'm going to exalt you. But He says this, remember. Remember where the power to get all this came from. And it comes from God and not yourself. The idea is there's, as of today, we, we owe our standing to the efforts of others and, of course, to the grace of God. The recessional reminds me of a twofold mo a message. Number one, that it is, there's a kind of a despicableness that goes in forgetting. Just uh, um, a pride. Uh, taking things for granted. It's just wrong. But it's also dangerous to forget that what we have comes at a cost. Because in forgetting, we may not recognize we have a responsibility to continue and to add to what we've been given. The greatest homage 
and honor we can show to those who have sacrificed for us in any context is perhaps not to create a monument or even to say thank you, although in some circumstances both would be valid. We show the greatest honor by living a life honorable of the sacrifice that people made possible for us. I, I would hope it would be in the heart of you teenagers to understand that your mom and dad have given a lot for you to live your life and have the life that you have. And of course, honoring them on Mother's Day and Father's Day is great, but being a godly young person in the future would be the greatest homage you could pay to them. To grow up and be who at least they tried to be, who they wanted to be for you, that's honor. It's, it's honorable that as a church we understand that it's, it's one of the greatest impetuses for me not to change this church fundamentally because I was given something. It's really not mine to change. And the way I can honor a generation of other people's effort is to try to live like they did and for the things they live for. I think it's honorable. Only spoiled, petty people take what they have been given and do nothing with it. Our culture is filled with that today. People with no notion of how they have what they have. They make no further contribution. They just steal from the capital of a past day. And that's sad. All of us owe something to those who have been our benefactors. We owe gratitude, we owe goodness, and we owe the giving of the same kind of thing they gave. I won't do this, but I could have everyone who's a parent here raise your hand. And I would say to every young person, pay attention, you owe them something. I could ask all the teachers here, in any context, to stand, and I would say, we owe so much to you. I could do this. I could say, I want everyone who's been a member of Eastland Baptist Church to stand. And I would say to you, we owe you very much for your faithfulness and example. And I am going to ask this today. I would like to ask all those who are currently serving who, or who have served any of our armed forces, I want you to stand just for a moment today. If you have served and remain standing for a moment. You know, all men work and serve, but the way these men and women served is in a unique way that many of us have not. And so for your part in defending and serving as a deterrent for those who would take away our freedom, we the members of Eastern Baptist Church wanna to say to you, thank you. Amen. And I think we should give them a hand. And you can be seated. I want to remind us today of these truths that Memorial Day reminds us that there is a cause worth giving life for. That there are causes in this life worth giving life for. These people deemed that cause, our nation, our freedom, worth giving part of their life for, and some a continued effort. In our nation's history, hundreds of thousands of soldiers have given their lives in devotion to this country. The vast majority have done so willingly, voluntarily, with zeal, enthusiasm, and great patriotism. For country, for family, and for those fighting along their side. They believe that their cause was just enough to give their greatest sacrifice if called upon to do so. 
But military victory, freedom, patriotism are not the only causes in life worth fighting for. Beyond these things, there is the cause of Christ. In the text, the Apostle Paul said he would very gladly spend. I want, you, I want us to grasp what he's saying. He's not talking about taking dollars out of his billfold and giving a few pounds of silver and gold for somebody. He said, I am going to take this life and I'm going to exhaust its resources so that other people could have what they otherwise would not. I am going to spend my life. It is going to one day be spent, not for earthly things, not for, for, for transitory things, but for heavenly spiritual things that will last forever. And those will all be found in the hearts and souls of other human beings. Paul was willing to give all for that. He spent, he paid, he was used up, he was exhausted. He was completely consumed in serving God for other people's benefit. Paul saw the cause of the gospel and other people saved in the church so great that it was worthy of the expenditure of his life. He didn't give part of his life, but all of it. He did so not in a grudging way, but in a cheerful, happy way. David, hearing Goliath's challenge to the peril of his country, cried out, Is there not a cause? And he backed that thought up with, I'll go fight it myself. And he did. Noah gave 120 years of his life for humanity. Moses forsook the treasures and the pleasures of Egypt forever for the cause of God's people. Joshua, Gideon, Paul, the apostles, Timothy, Titus, others gave up their life for the cause of Christ and other people. All these believe God and His purposes were worthy uh, to be spent upon. All of these were as worthy as any soldier has been to give their last full measure of devotion you know, a challenge for us today is this. What are you and I spending our life on? I don't want that to be condemning in any way, but rather just thought-provoking. What are you spending your life on? See, here's your, Paul says this, I'll very gladly spend to be spent. But the context is this, for you. I'm going to spend for you. As a pastor, I'm, I'm going to spend part of my life for you as a parent. We're going to spend a great measure of our life for our children. We're going to spend for something, literally, physically, monetarily. And then with this, the heart, the life, the hands, the breath we have, all of us are spending. Our life's like a giant bank account. And there's a ledger here. And, and what is it saying that our life is being spent upon? For the Christian, we should get at least part of the full measure of our devotion for other people in this room of the cause of Christ. If people, if men and women will die for physical things, how can we not be willing to live for spiritual things? Moral Day reminds us there are things worth living and dying for. Secondly, Moral Day reminds us that we ought to be grateful to those who made sacrifices for our benefit. You know, I... These verses, I, I've read them many times. And there's this note of sadness. And I'm not, I can't tell you exactly why Paul said it. I, I don't know. It's just maybe on his heart. But the last part of 15, he says this. Though the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. Now, he's probably talking about this church. And the Corinthians were a rough bunch, by the way. 
They weren't really good at honoring what he asked them to do. We all know the history of the Corinthian church. It was a church in catastrophe. He looks at them and says, man, the more I give to you, this, the least you seem to appreciate it. I do know this much. It's a sad note. His efforts were received, but his sacrifices were just simply consumed, not appreciated. There was never any reciprocating gratitude for his efforts. I want to suggest to you that a good heart always recognizes what others have done and responds in gratitude and thankfulness. And, and look here, there's a measure of the Christian life when people aren't going to always see what we do. And that's all the more reason we ought to do it sometimes because our God is not unjust to forget our labor of love for Him. It's the smallest deed done is never lost in the sight of God. And as citizens of a free nation, we need to recognize the sacrifices of, of our military personnel who have served as a defense and deterrent need to be remembered. And that's why we say, thank you for your service. It's just a small token. But it can be said with great sincerity. We should respond with appreciation, with respect. We should be responding and living in such a way that we're not um, just consumers of all that God has given us. I, does it not just break your heart to look at this country and to see the way people live in it? And the way they speak evil of it? And, and God knows this country has its evils and its failures in the past. But why take your freedom and, and abuse it so? We ought to have eyes to see all those whose efforts and sacrifices, again, that we are standing on. And number three, Memorial Day reminds us that we need to be contributors and not just takers. That we need to be contributors and not just takers. In Abraham's Lincoln Gettysburg Address, he calls on us not just to consider what they had done, but to contribute. And he says to contribute to their unfinished work. And I, I would hope that we would understand, and, I, and I'll just bring this home. Um, I make much of this point. We're here today because, you know, someone 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago made it possible. But I'm keenly aware of this. I, I have grandchildren who I would like to attend Eastland Baptist Church one day if the Lord doesn't come back. I want them to come to a place like this. Um, but that will not happen minus the, the, we, the, the, if we don't share in the sacrifices that other people have made before us. We can look at people and say, man, thank you for giving those tens of thousands of dollars. Thank you for serving in the nursery every Sunday. Thank you for teaching that class for 20, 30 years. Thank you for coming here on a work day. But all that will cease if we don't continue it. It just will stop. All that's required for evil is to triumph is for good men to do nothing. In my study some years ago, I came across what is known as the Kahima Memorial. And uh, the Kahima Memorial remembers the Allied dead who repulsed the Japanese 15th Army, a force of over 100,000 men who had invaded India in March of 1944. Rather obscure battle. In that battle, many men died protecting our freedom and those in India. That monument is now located in Burma. 
And if you were to see it, you can go online and look for the Kohima Memorial. It's not impressive in the way we might measure impressive, but what it says really should not be forgotten. Because it simply says this, when you go home, tell them of us and say, for their tomorrow, we gave our today. Flanders Fields is a famous poem written by a young man who watched dozens of others die on the battlefield. And it was during a moment of reflection, during a pause in the, the shelling, that he looked upon a grave dug on one of the European fields full of poppies where he had just laid to rest a friend. In Flanders fields, the poppies blow between the crosses row on row that mark our place and in the sky, the lark still bravely singing fly. Scarce heard amid the guns below, we are the dead short days ago. We lived, felt dawn, saw sunset glow, loved and were loved and now we lie in Flanders fields. This line, take up our quarrel with the foe. To you from failing hands we throw. The torch be yours to hold it high. If you break faith with us who die. We shall not sleep though poppies grow in Flanders field. I have said this so many times. I look at my kids, look at my grandkids and easy to say the hope of the future is in them. But really, in so many ways, it's in me. It's for the parents to lay up for the children. That I do what I, I can to make sure they have something worth having one day. And then one day, I will hand the torch, and I have handed the torch to them. And then it's theirs to hand to their children and so forth. The battle we fight is not with flesh and blood. That's not our battle. And we're not really fighting against anyone. Rather, we, our battle is to go out and fight Satan and love people. We expect people to join the military every year so we can preserve the freedoms that we have. And I think God expects His army to be populated with people as well who've taken the torch and continue in that battle. Matter of fact, we're all citizens of that army. We all have a responsibility. We can bemoan our country, or we can fight for it. And I mean in the right way, not the way the media portrays. I'm not asking, in fact, I eschew that. I'm not asking for hatefulness and division and tribalism and sectarianism. No, I mean giving a last full measure of devotion for the sake of another soul, for love of people.